Good morning. It's good to see everybody out this morning. I don't know where the springtime went, but it seems to be gone this morning. But thankfully, God's still on the throne and He still knows what He's doing. So this morning, we continue our series. We've been talking about the blessing of obedience. And oftentimes when we think about obedience, we don't tend to think about blessings. We think about someone telling us what to do or we think about having to do something. And obedience is generally defined as dutiful or submissive compliance of the commands of one in authority. And yet when I hear that, that doesn't sound like anything that's very much fun or doesn't sound like anything that maybe is very easy. And yet in a biblical sense, when we are obedient to God, when we do what He commands us, it is our supreme test of our faith in Christ. It is an honor and a blessing to be obedient to Christ, not a burden or a chore. And yet oftentimes we do view it in that way. And in uh, John chapter 14 and verse 15, it shares the importance of obedience. It says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Now last week we looked at a, a man by the name of Uzzah. I've heard it pronounced Uzzah, Uzzah, Uzzah. I've heard it every kind of different way here, but this was a man who was walking beside the ark. And they were moving the ark back to Jerusalem and there was a big celebratory um, parade almost going on. And as they were moving the cart, they had put the ark of the covenant on a new cart, which they weren't supposed to even have it on a cart. But they put it on a, on a new cart and they were pulling it. And when they got to a threshing floor, the, ark, the, excuse me, the oxen stumbled or lunged forward a little bit and the, the, the kind of shook the cart. And this man reached up to touch the box, the ark, if you will, and he was immediately struck dead. And we talked about how almost in our mind that's shocking for us to see that because this man seemed to just be wanting to help or wanting to do something good, and yet he had been at his core disobedient to what God had told him. And we talked about how obedience to God means trusting him. It means having great confidence in him. It means following Him completely, even when we don't always understand which direction we're going. This morning, we're going to continue our series. We're going to look at two more people that God struck dead. Now, when we talk about obedience, it's not to be fearful, but it's to learn to be respectful. It's learn to be honoring of what God has called us to do. And this morning, we're going to look at two brothers. These were the, the, the sons of Aaron, who was the high priest of the tabernacle. And these brothers were in a place of honor. These brothers were in a, a place of, you might even call it opportunity, if you will. They, were, they were, had the opportunity to, to serve and to minister inside the tabernacle. This would have been a great and wonderful honor for them. And yet we're going to see that through all their opportunity and through all their blessings, they yet they failed to follow God's direction. The two men that we're going to talk about is Nadab and Abihu. It says, And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them in his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. It appears that these gentlemen, if you will, had come in to do the work of the Lord, to come in and do the, the service to the tabernacle, and they had brought their own censers or their own fire holders, if you will. And you kind of picture something that might hold a coal of fire, something that you could move fire from one place to the next. And, and they came in and they had kind of brought their own furniture in, if you will, their own uh, uh, things that they were going to use here. And they, they took and offered strange fire before the Lord. They, they took fire from the wrong place. It says, and there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. 
Verse number 3 says this, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is that that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. As we go back to the first verse, the brothers here were doing something at the very beginning that seemed to be good and seemed to be right. They were serving in the tabernacle. They were doing what they were called to do, and yet they hadn't done it with, in the way that God had prescribed. They had taken some liberties on their own. They hadn't followed God completely. It says, Naban and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them in his center and put fire therein. It was not their job to put the fire in. It was not their place to do that. Only the high priest was supposed to come before and offer that offering, if you were, put that fire in and share the incense up. So they had failed in that part at the very beginning. The second part was they were supposed to use the fire from the brazen altar, which would have been God's fire in a sense. This was the fire that God had brought down. And they were supposed to take some of that fire, or the high priest was, and to offer that before the Lord. And yet we don't know where they got their fire, but evidently they had had some strange fire, some unrecognized fire, if you will. They had brought in something that was not prescribed by God. If you look at a little bit of history and somewhat scholars believe, they said there could have been other problems. Perhaps these men had been drinking wine before they went in. And they came in in a very careless attitude. Perhaps they were drunk and didn't um, realize exactly what was going on. Some scholars even speculate that perhaps these two men had been prideful. They said, man, we can do this. We can do this on our own. We're able. We're the sons of Aaron, if you will. This would have been someone of great importance at this time. And they said, we can handle this all by ourselves." We don't know exactly what was going through their mind. But we do know they didn't do it God's way. We do know that they did not, they were not obedient in the way that God had commanded them to do. And judgment came swift, and judgment came sure. And there went out fire. Almost ironic. The Lord chose that away since they had offered this strange fire. There went out fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. And sometimes when we read those things, we think, oh my goodness, that sounds so strict. That sounds so difficult. And yet, as we talked about last week, they didn't do it God's They didn't follow God's directions. These men, being in this circle of people that they were surrounded by, would have known the right way to do things, and yet they chose a different path. These men should have known what was expected. These men should have known what God demanded, and yet they went a different way. They went the wrong direction. Why was God so strict? Why was God calling them to, to why was God so uh, swift in his judgment? And verse number three begins to share with us part of that reasoning. The picture becomes clear if you'll show verse number three, it says this. Then Moses spake unto Aaron, remember he's just lost his two sons by this judgment of God, if you will. And it says, this is that that the Lord spake, saying, and this is God speaking, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me. And before all the people, I, talking about the Lord, will be glorified. And Aaron didn't say anything because he knew it's all about God. And I think sometimes today we forget that it's all about God. It's all about His ways. It's all about what he has called us to do. 
In many ways, when we look at this story, when we step back and look, the fire probably didn't look that much different than what God's fire looked like. Except it wasn't God's fire. When we look at these two men that were chosen to do this, perhaps one of them would have been the next high priest. Except they weren't the high priest. When we look to see what was going on, they may or may not have been drinking. Because if you go ahead and read the rest of the story, there was a warning against wine and getting drunk and those things. And yet the truth was this. They were still disobedient. They still didn't follow God's directions. Maybe they were just careless. Yet they should have known better. They should have been following what God wanted them to do. And this is not a story to scare us. This is not something to say, oh my goodness, don't make a misstep. But it's to, to learn and to understand that when we honor the Lord, when we follow Him, when we're obedient to Him, it brings a great blessing, and I might even say a greater blessing to our life. I want to show two things that I don't usually show in church here. There are two commercials that are on television. They're commercials for AT&T, so uh, I have a Verizon, so I'm not trying to advertise for AT&T. But they got this new uh, advertisement, um, or advertisement out that they're sharing. And it's when, when okay is, when just okay is not okay. So forgive me, we've got two full commercials. They're like 30 seconds long, but I want you to notice these. And, and they, I, I'll have to admit, they make me smile when I see them. And yet sometimes I feel like we treat the things of God as, well, this is good enough. This will just be okay. If you'll go ahead and play both of those. Have you ever worked for Dr. Francis? Oh yeah, he's okay. Just okay? Guess who just got reinstated? Well, not officially. Nervous? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Don't worry about it, we'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll see you in there. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network according to America's biggest test. Now with 5G Evolution, the first step to 5G. More for your thing. That's our thing. First tattoo? Yeah. Relax, amigo. It's gonna look okay. Only okay? No worries, boss. I'm one of the tattoo artists in the city. You mean one of the best tattoo artists in the city, right? Something like that, yeah. Uh, aren't you supposed to draw it first? Stay in your lane, bro. Just okay is not okay, especially when it comes to your network. AT&T is America's best wireless network according to America's biggest test. Now with 5G Evolution, the first step to 5G. More for your thing. That's our thing. When we see those commercials, we realize how just okay is maybe not good enough. Just halfway is maybe not what God calling us to be. He wants us to follow Him and to be obedient to Him. And when we're, when we're obedient to Him, it brings a great blessing to our life. And not necessarily material things, but spiritual blessings of knowing that we have been honoring to Him and knowing that we have been faithful to Him and knowing that we have shown the love of Christ to all those around us. I have a question that I want to ask you. I have a question that I want you to, to think about very carefully. Are you more excited about your faith now than you were when you first got saved? Are you more excited about the things of God now? Are you more dedicated now than you were when you first got saved? Because as Christians, as people of God, we have seen God do great and amazing things. We have seen God change our lives. We've seen Him transform our lives. We, we pray to Him. We seek Him. We desire to be closer to Him. We, ought to, we 
actually ought to be more excited about the things of God and the, the things that He can do than we were when we first got saved. I know Him more now than I did 25 years ago or 30 years ago, whatever it was. I should be closer to Him now. And yet sometimes we see where if we're not careful, we just get more comfortable, if you will. We just get more at ease, if you will. Are we as careful now as we used to be about trying to be pleasing to the Lord? About trying to do things in a way that is honoring to Him? Do we still want to do things God's way? Are we still trying to worship in spirit and in truth? Are we still following faithfully? The Bible calls us to, to love the Lord with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, all of our mind. And to love our neighbor ourself. Is our love for those around us? Or do we find ourselves kind of standoffish sometimes? Do we find ourselves maybe more discouraged? We as the people of God ought to be growing closer to God, not further away. And yet sometimes God-fearing souls seem to be going the opposite direction. We seem to be more at ease instead of striving more to be more faithful. Why is that? Why are we less enthused sometimes? I pray that all of us gave the answer. Said, I'm more excited than I ever was about Jesus Christ. And yet the truth is, if I was honest, I look back times when I wasn't quite as excited as I used to be. I used to want to save the world. Now sometimes I just want to get through the day. I used to would worry and think about things and just it would consume me at night. I couldn't sleep at night thinking about the needs and the things that are going on around this world. Now sometimes I just hope I can get a couple hours in. I just want to rest. I've noticed that sometimes we as Christians, we get weary we get weary sometimes we get impatient sometimes we get impatient waiting on the Lord when I think about these two gentlemen that were, were struck down dead by offering the strange fire I wonder sometimes if we don't try to light a fire ourselves instead of waiting on God I wonder sometimes if we don't try to push our will forward Instead of saying, Lord, thy will be done. We ever try to kick down a door of opportunity instead of waiting for God to lead us to one and open for us. You ever prayed one? I said, let's pray about this. And then if God doesn't answer immediately, we're like, well, that didn't work. Let's keep going. Do we wait upon the Lord? Do we do it His way? Sometimes I fear that we let doubts creep in. We let fears creep in, if you will. I've mentioned this before. There's often times that we as Christians, as we, have, we as the people of God, we know God can do amazing and wonderful things. And yet we don't think He'll do those amazing and wonderful things for us. We don't think they'll, He'll do them for us now. We let these doubts creep in and say, I know God can. I'm just not sure if He will. Sometimes in our weariness, in our battles, in our fights, we stop expecting big things out of God. 
We stop expecting God to do great things. Sometimes we get complacent. Sometimes we just fear the cost. We just fear the cost of following God. We fear the cost of being faithful in everything. Sometimes we want to give just a little effort and hope God does an amazing thing. Yet He called us to give Him everything. He's called us to, to give Him our soul, our mind, our strength, our everything. It's going to cost us something to follow the Lord. It's going to cost us something to be obedient. I wrote in my notes up here, time, talent, and treasure. There was a time in the church world where people's treasure or their financial things were the things that were the hardest to get away from them. People were holding on to, to the material things of this world. And yet we're beginning to see a shift in the church world. People would rather give so they don't have to go. People would rather give so they don't have to do. And yet, you know what the world needs more than anything else? They don't need our money. They don't need our stuff. They need to see and feel, experience, walk alongside the love of Christ in our lives. They need us to be a part of their lives. They need us to share not only our treasure, but our talents. So, Chris, what talents do I have? I can't sing. No, but maybe you can pray for someone. Chris, I can't play an instrument. No, but you can pick up the phone and call someone and encourage them. When I was sick a couple of months ago, I was in the hospital. I got all kinds of cards. And I loved it. People would just write some nice things like, we're thinking about you. We hope you feel better soon. Thoughts and prayers, whatever they would write in there. But it was like as bad as I felt trying to walk and I was supposed to walk, every day I went to the mailbox. Almost every single time I went out there, there was something in there for me. I'm almost 42 years old. I was like a little kid at Christmas. There's a card in here for me. I would come in, there'd be two or three or four cards. It felt so good to hear from people. And all it took them was, you can go to the dollar store and get a card for a buck now, probably 50 cents. Is the stamp 50 cents still? Or they, they keep going up all the time, whatever they cost now. 50-some cents. So for around a dollar, two dollars, somebody made my day. And it wasn't the money. It was the idea that they were thinking about me. It was the idea that they took the time to sit down and just say, I'm here for you. But oftentimes we find that even difficult to, to give up some of our time and some of our quote-unquote talent. Yet that's what the world needs. Church, Nadab and Abihu took a path other than what God had told them to do. And it cost them more in the end. You know what? We often think it costs a lot to serve the Lord. It does. In some ways it cost me everything. And yet I've been blessed with everything. I've been blessed more than I ever imagined, more than I've ever deserved. And the truth is this, as God's people, 
God deserves more than just okay from us. I don't want to just be obedient. I want to be obedient God's way. And God's timing. And God's path. In closing, I'm going to be honest with you. There is much about God I don't understand. About His ways. And yet, I know He loves me. About God's timing that I just don't get. Why did this have to happen now? Maybe why did this have to happen to me? Or why does God want it to be this way or that way? We never want to question God, but in our mind, we think that sometimes. Yet, I know He promised to provide for me. And I know He said He'd never leave me nor forsake me. There's much about God's ways that I just cannot fathom, that I just don't get. And yet my calling as a Christian is to trust and obey. And to be obedient to God is an honor and a privilege. And to do it God's way, to be obedient in everything that He's called me to do, God may not call you to offer fire before an altar. And yet he may call you to pray for somebody. He may call you to send a card. Be obedient, even in the smallest of things. I want to share one last verse with you as they get ready to come forward. And it says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. It is important to do things God's way. It is important to do things in God's time. And through Jesus Christ, through His help, through His mercy, through His strength, I pray we can all draw closer. We can all be found doing His will. You know, we often think about obedience in just the big things. I find those the easiest to do. Sometimes it's the smallest things. That we say, oh, that doesn't matter. You know, I don't know what was on the heart of those two brothers that we looked at. But they may have thought, you know what, fire is fire. It's not. Sometimes we think, well, it's not really a big deal. Listen, if God's asked you to do something, it's the biggest deal in your life right now. Maybe you're here this morning and God's asking you to come and repent of something. That's the biggest deal in your life right now. Maybe you're here this morning and God is asking you to draw closer and you know that. You say, I know He's calling me to be closer to Him. That's the biggest deal in your life right now. Because it's God that's asking. It's God that's, that's sharing. It's God that's telling. Church, I don't want to just do things that are okay. I want to give Him my all. It's a blessing to be obedient when God calls as we get a